I, my notes are upside down. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. My name is Max Terman. I'm a Labrador Retriever, and with me this week is a very friendly grizzly bear, Woo! Daniel Wright. Woo! Daniel Wright. <laughs> and an abominable snowman, Bill Muffin Cow. Yes. <laughs> Abo- what does abominable mean? Do you know? Abominable. The word of the day well, it's is... kind of part... I think it's... Taken from abominations. So. I imagine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can make an abomination out of him. He's abominable, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, potentially. Daniel, will you pray for us? Yeah. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for um, all of our listeners, all of the people around the table today. Uh, I just pray that everything that would happen would glorify and honor you, and that at the end of this conversation, we would be more in love with you and no more deeper about who you are in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I do want to say thank you very much to the listeners. Um, We didn't post. We were recording, but we didn't post a podcast from the second week of November through the end of the year. And then we posted five of them. We posted all the ones we'd been recording um, last week. And within 24 hours, 40 people had gone through to listen to all of them. So all five of them. So thank you wow. very much, Listen, It was super sweet. They're like, we didn't even show up to the party, but then when we finally arrived, you gave us a warm hug. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for hanging around. <laughs> Podcast binging, man. It did five. I know, right? Where are you driving? Uh, Scott is not <laughs> here today, um, which means I will be running our Would You Rathers. Uh, I've never done this before, and I'm very intimidated looking at these cards. Um, but uh, I'm going to start with, uh, we're just going to go around, everybody give an answer, an explanation. If you feel the the need arise, I'm amazed by how difficult this is. <laughs> like I've seen Scott do this for 90 episodes now, and I'm just, I'm flabbergasted at how he keeps his focus. Um, Bill, would you rather have to climb a six foot chain link fence every time you enter or exit your home or have to blow up a queen sized air mattress with your lungs every night before you go to sleep? Oh, climb that chain link fence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to climb those all the time playing tennis. And they were like <laughs> 10 or 12 feet tall. Mm-hmm. That, at that height, that's dangerous. You fall off the top. You get your shoelaces caught or something. Yeah, we were kids. It didn't, didn't phase any of us. <laughs> Daniel? Um, I'll go with the chain link fence, too, just because at the end of the night, when you want to fall asleep, you mm. don't want to spend time blowing up an air mattress. This is a really good point. You can definitely... It is enter or exit your home, so that's two chain link fences a day. But like you can build your life around like I I don't ever leave my house or like I only leave my house once a day, right? You can't if every time you want to go to sleep. That would make groceries difficult. That's though. what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you're buying in, in in monthly batches is what you're doing, and then you're throwing them over the fence. <laughs> so it's a lot of canned goods. You can throw it onto the air mattress oh. on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill, would you rather be a sports superstar for three seasons and then never play again or be a bench player with a 20-year career? Hmm. Probably the first. Probably the first. Daniel? Oh, wait, why? <laughs> oh, it's a lot more fun to be the star than just sitting on their bench watching and watching and watching it. I think that's fair. Daniel? Mm. <clears throat> I know. I would also go with the, the superstar. Um, however, it would be cool. Then you'd probably play with and know right? so many different people who yep. like, might be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I think for me, it depends on how it ends. So if you're a super, superstar for three years and then you just you have a horrible injury or at the end of your third year, you just are so bad that no one will ever sign you, right? That's That's rough. That would be... Mm. A massive hit. Both of these would be easier if if I knew it going in. Um, But I think I would take the 20-year career Um, just because you would get to, you know, be a a staple of the game. It's like, man, he's been around forever, (laughs) and he's still playing. He's on his third – he's on his, you know, 13th team. In yeah, 20 but maybe years. he sucked all 20 <laughs> years. And then you got to listen to people shouting out, you suck. Hang it up. I don't know what you're doing out there, you bum. Bill, I'm here for a long time, not a good time. Uh, and then, oh, here's another one. Um, would you rather marry someone who's kind but really 
isn't in love with you or marry someone who treats everyone else terribly and disrespectfully, but totally adores and genuinely loves you. The second. The second. Well, you're married to this person. That's incredible. I know, but the idea of being married to someone who is just so despicable to everyone they meet but you. (laughs) How do you justify that? That's never going to happen. There's nobody out there that that way. (laughs) Man, it would be hard to be married to somebody who, like, just doesn't, like, doesn't want to be married to you. Yeah. Oh, it's so be tragic. Love I'm going to go with the, the second one. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd have to go with it. Ah, it's so hard, though. Because you can't take this person anywhere. You got to leave her at home. Or you make it like a routine and everybody else thinks it's a bit. But instead, <laughs> you just frame your whole life. Like, oh man, your wife's so funny. She's so mean. It's a st- like, oh man. Yeah, uh, like Carrie in the King of Queens. <laughs> you ever watch that show? I've seen some episodes. Oh yeah. man, it's mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. I like that. I like that strategy. Yeah, I think I'd take that if for no other reason. It would be really, really tragic to to be married to someone who doesn't want to be married to you. Um, Last answer or last question. uh, Would you rather be freed? I think we've done this one before, but I love it. Would you rather be freed by the fire department after your hand got caught in the toilet bowl while dressed or while your finger got caught in the shower drain while naked? Hmm. Bill. I'll take the hand in the toilet bowl. Daniel? Yeah. That's it's it's embarrassing, but not quite as embarrassing as being being naked in the shower. I think that's true. I'm actually I, I, I think they're not both of them aren't that bad. I'd rather experience <laughs> I'd rather experience both of them monthly than marry someone who loved me but was mean to everyone else all the time. Can you imagine the police or the fire department going up on a monthly basis for your hands? I think they're all going to say, hey, listen, pal, keep your hands out of this toilet. You keep your hand out of this toilet. We're not coming back for you. Yeah, they'll, like, they'll switch, out, your, they'll switch out the big toilet for a, hole, for a, a little, joke toilet. <laughs> joke toilet. Tiny little hole. Then you get your finger stuck in it. Yeah. Uh, well, what if I'm losing my watch? I'm losing my earrings. Uh, Daniel. Give me a number between one and a thousand and one, please. One and a thousand and one? Yes. Um, 756. 756. This comes to us, of course, from 1001 Things You Always Wanted to Know About the Bible But Never Thought to Ask uh, by J. Stephen Lang, who says uh, his favorite book of all time is the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is one of those answers that I'm like, I should have known that that was good. But that was like on his author's page. It's like, what's your favorite book of all time? The Bible. It's like, well, fair enough. Uh, this comes from the... Yertle sec- the Turtle. <laughs> Yertle the Turtle's great. It is. <laughs> Don't you, you disrespect... You never have anybody like this say, oh, it's Yertle the Turtle. <laughs> Hop on pop, obviously. Um, this comes from the section literature, theater, and movies. Speaking of which, uh, number two, 756, John Bunyan. 1628 to 1688. The Englishman who wrote... The Pilgrim's Progress and other Christian classics was steeped in the Bible. His famous, his most famous book is an allegory full of biblical images, the narrow gate, the fiend, Apollyon uh, from the book of Revelation, the celestial city, and many others. For many years, Pilgrim's Progress was, after the Bible itself, the most popular book in England and America. I'll have to say, when I read John Bunyan, I thought it was Paul, <laughs> Paul Bunyan. <laughs> I was like, Paul Bunyan was a real person who lived in the 1600s? Um, <laughs> Bill, have you read uh, Pilgrim's Progress? Oh yeah, it's probably four times at least. Is it? Is it? Is that because it's good? Oh yeah, man, that guy was awesome. What did you like about it? Everything. <laughs> it, it. This is a good allegory of the Christian life. Hmm. It is so insightful, man. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. Wow. I think Spurgeon read it between one and two hundred times. He read the wow. Holy War a hundred times. Sheesh. Yeah, he probably had it memorized, really. Hmm. Daniel, have you read Pilgrim's Progress or excerpts from it? Or I have read bits and pieces. Um, haven't read it through, 
But I went home during Christmas break, and I was sitting in our, like, reading room. Yeah. And I pulled an old copy of it, and it was Pilgrim's Progress in one syllable. Like, each, every word in the book was just one syllable. Wow. Whoa. And it was really weird to read out loud because it's, like... <laughs> it's really choppy. And, it's yeah. really choppy and just moves really fast. And yeah. Were That's they complete words of one syllable or just the first syllable complete words. Okay. So it's oh, like yeah. a simplified version in a yeah. way. Yeah. Every word used is just a one syllable word. That's a really interesting way of making a book more approachable. It's like yeah. every word is going to be one syllable. Yeah. That is fascinating. It kind of drove me crazy. I don't blame it. you. Well, so that was my question I was going to have for you and for both of you is is you know, this is a book that was written in the 1600s and like you know, the Constitution, the, the Declaration of Independence aren't written in, like, modern, modern English, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of books um, that have that were written during that time period that are, you know, somewhat incomprehensible. Yeah. So is it approachable to a modern audience, uh, in your They've opinion? They've updated it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sort of like NIV or English Standard Version. <laughs> They've done yeah. that. Mm. Because it... It's a it's a hard read. Right, I mean, it's already a complicated an mm-hmm. allegory. Sixteen, say fifty five language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like this past summer, I believe the pack went through it. The pack went through Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah, mm-hmm. at least parts of it. Wow. Yeah. I grew up with a book called Little Pilgrim's Progress, which was just like the same thing, but for children. I never read it. My brother was a big fan. Um, but so you've you've been reading the NIV. Uh, I've, I've <laughs> read both. You've read but, both. But I got to tell you that first version is it slows you down, just like reading King James version slows you down. Sure, yeah. Which has some merits to it as well. Oh man, Book of Psalms, you'll never improve on it in English. Mm. It's it's just phenomenal. Then the KJV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were actually so during our youth group, small groups. <laughs> if somebody shows up without their Bible. They read from the King James Version. <laughs> um, I'll give that to them. That's awesome. And um, it's been <laughs> it's seen kind of like a punishment, but it was really cool. We were in the Psalms, and we were, yeah. he was like reading from it, and there was a, a phrase um, talking about begotten, talking mm. about the son for the Davidic covenant, like, mm-hmm. and like we were able to make that connection. Oh, like. We know that from John 3 and 16 mm-hmm. version of it. So then we were able to make that connection. Mm. It was really cool. It kind of slowed us down yeah. to make that connection. But Wow. Yeah. I like that a lot. It's like the opposite of the NLT. It's like, let's make this less natural, more difficult to read, and, and really make us think about it more. Mm. I think that's really cool. Um, final thoughts on Paul Bunyan, <laughs> this giant uh, ox. Blue. Blue is the name of the ox, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not up on Paul Bunyan. Nor am I. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, I have been reading uh, the book With by Sky Jatani uh, in conjunction with What If Jesus Was Serious About Prayer. Um, and this week uh, came across a, an idea that I was a big fan of, sort of this difference between a prayer life and a praying life, um, where a prayer life adds... Uh, prayer is sort of like another goal or task, and a praying life unites all of our existing tasks and sort of areas of focus um, under the umbrella of like continuous prayer. Um, and so he, he, he equates the two to like uh, handbells and sleigh bells, where handbells are sort of this compartmentalized, segmented uh, way of life with like, this is my family, this is my work, this is my, you know, et cetera. Um, and they can all kind of be rung independently, and it's about you know trying to balance how many like how often you're ringing each bell into sort of this melody, mm. um, versus sleigh bells where the handbells are all you know interconnected by prayer and by our communion with God, and so they are affected by one another, and they're you know ringing one sort of uh, uh, affects this connecting line of prayer to mm. also affect the other, right? How how I'm interacting with God in relation to my work affects, you know, how I'm relating to my my family and stuff like that. Um, so so my question to you to kind of start that that thought process is what does, you know, cuz that seems like continuous prayer to me. 
Um, that seems like a, a good definition of continuous prayer is letting it sort of uh, be an umbrella that encapsulates all the areas of your life and not mm-hmm. having like, okay, now it's prayer time and prayer time is the time where I get dealt my hand of cards and I assign them to the various you know areas of my life I care about, but having it as sort of this constant underlying presence, mm-hmm. you know, and, and communion with God that lets you see the different aspects of your life for what they are. Mm-hmm. What does prayer, pray continuously, that command that comes from both Ephesians and Philippians, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, like what does pray continuously mean to you? What has it meant like to you? How have you explained it before? Well, in my life, it means that I'm praying as a day goes by, especially when something's happening. Hmm. Um, sometimes you know this is a heavy-duty phone call hmm. because they'll say so-and-so is just calling. You think, oh, this is going to hmm. be rough because their husband just died. or So you're, hmm. you're just praying under your breath hmm. that you say something helpful, that you show true compassion. Hmm. So it doesn't have to be as heavy as somebody just died. It doesn't need to be that heavy at all, but just to pray throughout the day. Spurgeon, it's said of him, he never prayed for more than five minutes, and he never went more than five minutes without praying. <laughs> I thought, I can, I can understand that. That's, That's great. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you were in that sort of five-minute, five-minute style of prayer, like what would your prayers sound like? I'm not sure. I've... I've never limited myself to five minutes, Mm -hmm. Um, but the business of praying just all the time, that's what I really, really liked. Mm -hmm. But I tell you what I've done, particularly the last couple months, I find myself praying short bursts three times a day as my Hmm. prayer closet times. And I think I'm a lot more alert and doing a better job of praying, doing it that way as opposed to one longer time. Because these short bursts are usually in the 15, 20-minute range. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And what do those prayers sound like? Well, the first one is for my family. I'm praying for Joel to have this day away from drugs and alcohol and I go through family members particularly. And then the second burst is people I'm praying for for salvation, people for healing, people for jobs, people to stay off drugs, and then um, Thanksgiving and a time of singing. Hmm. And third burst is taking the prayer sheet the church formulates each week and praying my way through that while I walk in the gym trying to loosen my legs up. I'm walking <laughs> fast and I'm praying through that list. Hmm. I like this system. Yeah. It's helping me. Absolutely. Daniel, what is what is pray continuously sort of meant to you? How have you Yeah. I think it's it's something I've been kind of working on. Um, but in those those recently, the past couple of months, like moments throughout the day, like there'll just be moments of prayer. Um mm. so like if I'm hanging out with somebody and I'm walking with them and then like, just like either like thanking God for them or like asking for a direction for the conversation, like in the moment, um, those, those moments have been really cool. Um, but yeah, I usually start off the day, um, with a more like intense period of time of prayer, which has been really good. Um, helpful for me Mm. of kind of like prayer journaling. Um, And then that almost triggers my mind throughout the rest of the day of like, these are the things that like written down. These are the things that are really important that I want to come to God with Mm. right now. Um, So that's been, that's what what I've been doing right now. Um, This has been a really good um, change in pace because sometimes it is easy to, to forget to pray like continuously mm-hmm. throughout the day. And just like in that one moment of the day praying and kind of leaving it to that, it can be really easy to just leave it at that. Um, but finding, finding ways, um, to kind of like help set you up to success and thinking through 
prayer intentionally. I think it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree that we sort of naturally gravitate towards seeing our lives as like these compartmentalized sections, like these compartmentalized tasks in terms of, you know, not thinking about them as affecting each other or thinking of like, well, I got to pray, um, you know, for, uh, these things incredibly separately and that, you know, my relationship with God in relation to one of them doesn't really impact my relationship to, to him in another, like, you know, seeing our relationship with Jesus is like kind of being in its own silo. Do you think that's something, do you agree that that's something that we like kind of naturally move towards? Be easy to do just to compartmentalize your life. Mm -hmm. But the great thing about the Christian life, it's more like you're under an umbrella. Mm-hmm. It touches everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I like that. What do you mean by like it touches everything? My Christian life deeply affects my marathon training, mm-hmm. my eating, how I relate to people. So the Christian life is the umbrella that keeps this all together. Mm. I I don't want to live a compartmentalized life because that's just so dull. Yeah. I've, um, I remember a while ago people, somebody was telling me the difference between how guys' brains work and how girls' brains work, and they used the um, analogy of waffle and spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, there are the boxes that hold the butter and the syrup, and, like, it's all contained, versus the spaghetti, which has, like, the sauce and the meat, like, and it's all interwoven. And <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, the spaghetti is messy. Um, but it's... It's a lot different than a waffle. <laughs> You're not going to have... I mean, some people will have waffles uh-huh. for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. Um, but there's... It's like almost this idea of every bite having this this new... It's the same but new hmm. in every little aspect. And I think that's like almost comforting knowing that like for the Christian life, it's it's the same every every place we go should be mm. the same and but like each bite's gonna taste and look a little bit different um and working working through that it's an interesting just seeing looking at at prayer and christian life between spaghetti and waffles and waffles yeah i relate to spaghetti I, I don't know if that's the male or the female one, supposedly, in this model, but I'll tell you right now, I relate to the spaghetti notion. Uh, yeah, the spaghetti is the female one. Aha! When you watch women talk with each other, how they can just hop from subject to subject, and it looks like nothing got resolved, and they're both so happy when they walk away. Like, all right. <laughs> but, but it was the being together, sharing their lives together that was the most important. Yeah. Whereas men have a tendency to try to help each other by fixing the problem. Mm. Mm-hmm. And if the problem doesn't get fixed, it's like, people walk away upset. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of switching from topic to topic, Bill is teaching a class called How to Experience the Holy Spirit, which is now in its third week. Bill, what did you guys talk about on Sunday? Sunday was the names of the Holy Spirit. Oh. If you equate it to nicknames, your nickname usually tells something about you. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit has different names. And one of them is paraclete. It gets translated comforter, counselor, advocate, because the word is a little too rich for one English word to handle it. So... That was one of the words, hmm. um, and we settled on comforter at the end because that's one of the great things about the Holy Spirit. When you're going through something or your friend is and you want to bring comfort, 
really rely on the Holy Spirit to do a work you can't do. Mm. So Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, give I to you. And he's talking about, I'm, I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because he knows they're going to be devastated in just a matter of probably 36 hours when they see him dying on the cross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a supernatural peace he's leaving you, and, and but this peace is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. How does sort of looking at the names of the Holy Spirit help us experience the Holy Spirit more? Well, you get to know him a little better. Like the number one passage for seeing seven names is Isaiah eleven two. Hmm. Uh, he's called a counselor is one of them. I, I just don't have that verse coming up in my mind right now. But you look at it and you think, wow, one of the words is power, powerful. Mm-hmm. So you you could just settle on each of those words. We really tried to move a lot more quickly than that because. The Holy Spirit has over a hundred names, and we weren't going to even begin to try to tackle them all, but at least look at some of them and say, oh my gosh, what a breadth of, what what a breadth there is just in this names. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, have you found it, Daniel? Uh, what was it? Isaiah 11.2. 11.2. He's describing Jesus Christ, but it's mm-hmm. talking about the Holy Spirit at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, it says, uh, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Hmm. And then it goes on. Um, saying, his delight will be in, be in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by those who see with his eyes. He will not execute justice for what he hears with his ears, but he will judge the poor righteously. It just keeps on going. One of the cool things that happened is words of knowledge came up in the midst of this discussion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think a lot of you have experienced this. Have you had a time where you knew something that makes no sense except the Lord revealed it to you? And right away, Nancy Helsing, oh, yeah. And she told about a sticky situation with, I think it was a relative, and she confronted the relative and said, that's that's not true, it was this. And the relative denied it and then quickly came back and said, you're right. Wow. But it was God just revealing it. It wasn't Nancy... Knowing anything. Having extra information yeah. from from a human source. Yeah. And I could see the other people just shaking their heads like, yep, that's happened to me. Hmm. I think, all right, this is, this is the Holy Spirit working in our lives because it's experiencing the Holy Spirit, not just filling our heads with some more words about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But what's a word of knowledge you've gotten? You know, <clears throat> I, I'm not sure I can put my finger on one so easily. I, I did have a prophetic dream once that was so vivid and I woke up and just saying, whew, I'm glad that didn't happen. And then three weeks later, it all starts unfolding. And before mm-hmm. the pe- person could even tell me what he was going to tell me, I thought, I know what this is. Wow. And it was such bad news that it, was, it braced me for this bad news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a friend once who, <clears throat> um, she's a high school teacher, and was sort of in a place with her faith of, of really trying to, to take hold of it and, 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 you know, take a lot more of her comfort and her, and her sense of peace from it and, uh, and from the Holy spirit in particular. And one day she left, uh, her school and was driving home, which is about like a 35 minute drive. And she got like 10 minutes into it. And she really felt like the Holy spirit was like, Hey, you should go back to, to school. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't really want to, but she really felt like she was supposed to. Uh, she's like, maybe I forgot something or something. So she goes back and she, you know, uh, she's going for the staff parking lot. It's like, no, I'm not here. Like, go park over by the mm. by the baseball fields. So she parks and gets out of her car and just kind of stands there in like a semi-empty parking lot. <laughs> like, now what? And uh, she felt like it was like, okay, we'll just go stand out by the center field wall and watch the watch the game. And she said, okay. So she goes and she's standing out there and uh, 
and it turns out it's a it's a it's the freshman team is playing, and she actually has some of these kids in uh, in one of her classes, and um, she's there for a while, and then a, a man walks up to her and is just like, "Excuse me, like, are you?" Like related to one of the kids or something, and she's like, "Oh no, I I I teach here," um, and she's like, "Hi, my name is is Sarah," and he's like, "Are you, are you Sarah like Davis?" She's like, "Yeah," he's like, "You're my son's like biology teacher." He's like, "Oh, who's your son?" He's like, "Oh, Chris," and he's talking about it. he's like he loves your class, like he has hated science all his life, loves your class. He, he, he talks about it all the time. And while he's talking to her, this lady walks up and is like, did you say your name was Sarah Davis? <laughs> I was like, my daughter is like so in love with your class. And like she, you know, wow. she's just such a big like biology head. And, and man, you have really just like lit a fire under her. And, and, and before, the, before she went home, like one more person came up and just like said hi and was like, I, I saw people talking to you. Like, I think you might be like, you know, my, my son is in center field and he's like the, you know, he's in your class. And, um, and, and it was just like out of nowhere, just this, this comfort and out of nowhere, just this real sense of affirmation from God that she was where she was supposed to be. And also that he was there with her. Yeah. Um, and, and a real lesson and just like, okay, well, (laughs) praise God for the fact that you get a nudging and you listen to it and there's a massive payoff Mm -hmm. because sometimes you get a nudging and you listen to it and you're like, well, I, I guess I may never know why I was supposed to do that. Yeah, or, or maybe, I must have misheard. Or maybe I'll find out in 30 years, or maybe I misheard. Or, mm-hmm. um, and so, but yeah, that's like, um, that's one of my favorite stories. Yeah. Um, just because, like, it's um, amazing to hear her explain that experience, but also it's like, you know, that was right after she'd committed to, like, I'm going to try and listen to the Holy Spirit. Like, mm-hmm. when he tells me to do stuff, I'm going to not be like, okay, I'll take that into consideration, <laughs> or, like, I'll add that to my to-do yes. list. It's like, okay, noted. I guess I'm <laughs> guess I'm doing that now. I guess I'm going back to work instead of home for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a amazing story. I just, you brought up words I love of knowledge. Story. Yeah. Dan, you got any words of knowledge? Um, I think it's just sometimes I I get I get very like stuck in my head and trying to figure out the right thing to say. Say yeah. So whenever there are moments when like I say something in a conversation with a teenager that like really strikes at them, or mm. there's been a couple times like where in prayer like did not like I'm praying with a student or somebody and like I don't really know some situations but then like this this I feel this nudging of I should pray for this thing mm. and then praying for that and then afterwards being like man mm. like that is exactly what I needed prayer for and like like I had no prior knowledge of like that being something that was going on so I think that's, that's probably the closest thing mm. um for me when it comes to like a word of knowledge yeah yeah. Um, I got another <laughs> word of knowledge, but I'll save it for another episode. Um, I will say, listeners, uh, if you're interested in, in more of that kind of conversation, uh, an episode that we did a couple months ago called Hi God, I think is the title of the episode. And uh, that was one where we really discussed that as well in different ways that God uh, really shows up through. Um, one example off the top of my head is... Um, you know, Renee and I have been doing devotions every day, and uh, I just happened to be on a, a weekend trip to see my brother for his birthday, and that was the day that we got the psalm that says, like, no matter where I am, you're with me. Mm. And I was like, you know, we've uh, we've gotten Romans 8 like six times, but we haven't gotten this psalm before. <laughs> and it's like, of course, the one time I'm out of town, like, there you go. Um uh, let's get a topic of the week. Topic of the week this week is brought to you by the Bloomingdale Church app. Now you can take Bloomingdale Church with you on the go. Connect and engage with our community through the Bloomingdale Church app. Watch messages, give conveniently, submit prayer requests, listen to the podcast, and more. The Bloomingdale Church app, available in both the App Store and Google Play Store. Search Bloomingdale Church or by texting APP, A-P-P, to 833-892-6207. This app... It's a big deal, right, Daniel? 
Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> that was the candest response I've ever heard. Uh, it it's has a, been. It's a big deal right now, though. Yeah. It's, it's getting a, talked about a lot. It's been really useful, especially um, with uh, prepping for a youth banquet with some mm. of the teenagers. Mm. Um, we were able to create a group for youth banquet, and we had a script writing crew and we needed them to sign up for different scenes to write yeah. and i put that under like the needs section so people were able to just go in and sign up for it right then and there on the app wow. and i had that as an option or doing it on a google doc and putting somebody your name on it yeah and the students were like oh it was way less complicated to just go there click like three buttons and sign up wow and not have to like find it in this long document and stuff like that so cool it was it's pretty cool yeah <laughs> bill have you been involved with the app at all or i know you well i ask people to sign up for it i'm not very good at using it i sent in my <laughs> prayer request a week ago that way but i'm looking forward to it for instance this sunday between 10 and 10 30 there's an ushers training meeting hmm. and i'm hopeful that we can see everybody pull their phone out, download the app, and then now that we know who really is going to usher, we can say, okay, you're, you're going to find a schedule in here. Mm-hmm. And you can make trades or yeah. you can say, I can't be there. I'm, I've got COVID. All right. <laughs> so cool. It'll, it'll, it'll help us because we mm-hmm. had a Sunday about three weeks ago where not a single usher showed up for the 1030 mm-hmm. service. And... Thankfully, <laughs> one of the head ushers said, there's nobody doing anything. Thought, All right. So we just scrambled around and took care of that Sunday and then recruited more ushers. Mm. But the goal is far greater than simply having ushers show up. Yeah. It's... It's to do a good job of creating warmth in the life of the church. But you can't do that if none of the ushers show up. Mm. No. Yeah. So if you'd like to be an usher. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. I mean, I think I've got 12 new ones coming on board. Oh, okay. We need all 12 of them. And Mathematically, in 18 years, this is the first time it's happened where we went zero for all the ushers for that service. I figure sooner or later that has to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Were you going to add something? No. For topic of the week this week, uh, it is time for Sermon Roundup. Yeah. <laughs> uh Mark T. Can we say his name? Can we say Mark's last name? Sure. Mark Tauby. Tauby. Uh, Tauby. Uh, gave our sermon this week. Uh, we were hoping he'd join us, but he is prepping for his long <laughs> tour of speaking engagements. Um, it is... Uh, in his sermon, he talked about uh, sort of this story that's brought up by uh, Daniel's uncle, N.T. Wright, um, <laughs> in his book, Simply Christian. Uh, he says, uh, a country with springs of water bursting out of the ground, causing chaos, some of which are polluted, some of which are clean and life-giving. And so the dictator paved over the land and piped in water with added minerals that the dictator believes promote healthy life. And eventually the people uh, become used to the taste of the water and to this new way of life. And eventually the foundations begin to crack and water starts to seep through and then it explodes through the pavement. Uh, and some people are delighted and others are horrified. Um, and in this analogy, the springs are, are sort of the spirituality of all kinds, and the pavement is sort of this secular rationalism philosophy of, uh, or, or even materialism, um, and the country is sort of each one of, of us, and we're given these sort of small amounts of like calculated sentimentality and spirituality by, by our culture, um, but eventually like those springs of like craving for true spiritual exploration burst forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we've talked about on the show is sort of the decline of, of cultural Christianity and sort of this emergence of a much smaller but but stronger, like, devout discipleship. And, and that's something that may be starting to, to happen in, in the United States. Um, but, uh, you know, Bill, you, you hummed along with sort of that thing of eventually sort of that spring bursts through the pavement where does that desire come from? Like, is it innate 
to our nature to want spirituality? Well, we're created in the image of God. And Ecclesiastes tells us that eternity is in our hearts. Hmm. So there's this yearning that asks the question, is this all there is? Hmm. There's got to be something more than this. Yeah. And even Christians ask that question, is this all there is? Because there's more depth to the Christian life than what we're experiencing, so it's a legitimate question. Mm. I like that analogy with the water because water is one of the emblems of the Holy Spirit. Right. So it mm -hmm. really works out beautifully when you think, yeah, there's this underground spring of water, the Holy Spirit. He's going to break through some places. Mm -hmm. You can't keep him down. You can't keep him out. And then Mark's illustrations, really powerful. People haven't mm -hmm. heard about God for decades. Right. But they remember some grandmother who was devout. And, hmm. and it comes to an apex when he does a funeral service. And everybody's lined up to say, thank you. Thank you for giving us hope. Right. Man, I just love that message. That was an A-plus message. Absolutely. Um, and I will say, I mean, it's, uh, this is not intentional. It, the, one of the easiest ways to find that message is on the app. It's, it's on the, okay. the, under the sermon section. Sure. I highly encourage, uh, you listeners, if you haven't heard it, um, to listen to it, it's terrific. Um, and, and he talks about the situation in Uruguay that they're living in and, um, and sort of the power of, like you said, with that funeral of him preaching hope. And it's sort of the first time that a lot of people mm -hmm. have really strongly heard the gospel preached because mm -hmm. it's been, uh, you know, so incredibly disincentivized and pushed to the margins of... For a hundred years. For, for I had no idea. Years. Mm -hmm. um, and do you see, uh, in your own lives, do you see sort of that bursting forth of need and desire for spiritual fulfillment in our culture today or in the lives of people you know today? Oh, yeah. Where? Yeah. I see it at LA Fitness. How so? Meeting people and you can see that they are hungry for something spiritual. They can't even put their finger on what it is sometimes. Usually they can't. Mm-hmm. But they know it's there, and there's, there's got to be more. People, people do not really want to be as shallow as they come off with just materialistic desires. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take too long before they begin to reveal that they've got a lot more depth to them than that. Mm -hmm. A lot more intelligence, too. You listen to people talk, they look like brutes, honestly, but then you listen to them talk about something that's very intricate, real intelligence required to follow it. And, and they're there. They're mm -hmm. all over it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty neat. Yeah. I think one thing that's really stood out to me through um, Chelsea and I diving a little bit deeper into this new generation um, is that there's a high level of spirituality for this Gen Z. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think, so back in the church that I was a part of back in Omaha, they just started a new series where it's talking about spiritual warfare because hmm. there's so many like spiritual things that hmm. even on like TikTok, right. they're hmm. like witchcraft and other different divining stuff. Right. Like on an app that majority just Gen Z yeah. like love and like dive straight into. There's that longing and a hunger for something. Um, and I think, so I've, I'm also reading what if Jesus was serious about prayer and this past and today's reading that I did was talking basically this idea that, Oh, like everybody, there's so many different places that pray, pray mm. or meditate and like have that like feeling yeah. that, that, that feeling that we get from praying too. So then yeah. what's like the difference? And um, he quotes um, C.S. Lewis in um, talking about how there's a 
So it says this, the, the land sinking below the horizon, the goals dropping behind the salty breeze, tourists, merchants, sailors, pirates, missionaries, it's all one. This idea that um, people are all leaving from the same place. Hmm. Um, they're all jumping off. Like th- there is that deep desire for some spiritual like intimacy or spiritual like aspect of our lives that's been put in, in us mm-hmm. because we reflect God's image. Yeah. And then um, he's, explains it more and then ends up um, finishing Lewis's quote by saying, departures are all alike. It is a landfall that crowns the voyage. Yeah. And I think that, that really hit home with me and like talking about this too, is just like um, everybody has that same desire to get off this small little Island of just materialism and everything around us. And they know there's something more. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's only one one way to yeah. get to that, yeah. Get to that ultimate desire, which is so critical mm-hmm. that you know, especially if we are truly moving in sort of this direction of the water starting to break through. <clears throat> I think that's where the part of the analogy that says like some of the water is toxic, right? Mm-hmm. Some of it's polluted, and some of it is life giving. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it becomes so critical to say like, well, not all prayer is created equal. And not all meditation is created equal. Um, not all spirituality is created equal. Um, and when Jesus says, like, I am the way and the truth and the life, mm-hmm. like, he's not messing around. Because um, he, of all people, understood <laughs> the different, the breadth of spirituality um, and and the dangers of it. I, I think that's a really good point. And in, in, in uh, the book with Skagitani says, you know, a very popular way to think about it is, you know, we're all climbing the same mountain and sort of enlightenment or spiritual fulfillments at the top, but there's a lot of different paths that lead to the same, same summit. And he's like, it's actually the opposite is that we all start in the same crater Hmm. and we all try and climb out, but there's only one flag at the top of that crater Right. There's only one direction that you can climb up and maybe there's some switchbacks and maybe you get confused and head towards the wrong flag and then you turn back around and head towards the right one. But, you know, ultimately it's the unity of the human experience is like where we start from, not where we're heading. Um, And I, I think that's like that is so critical especially if we have a generation rising up who's hungry for spirituality. Like it's critical mm-hmm. to lovingly say like, there is there is toxic and there is life-giving spirituality mm-hmm. in this world. And I think that's something that I don't personally feel strongly educated in. That's not something I feel really, you know, familiar with, especially growing up in the Presbyterian church where, like, we don't talk about spiritual warfare at all. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is just like a picture of a flame on a banner. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and Bill, you know, when we did our spiritual warfare episode, which is like our seventh episode two years ago, mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, at that point in my life, I asked you like, is spiritual warfare real? And I wasn't necessarily just saying it as like a lead into the conversation. I was genuinely like, you know, are, mm-hmm. are evil spirits as good and evil on a spiritual level at war in, in people and in this world? And your answer was unequivocally yes. Um, what in, in the light of the fact that there is there's good and evil, there's toxic and, and life-giving water sort of bursting out of the ground in us. You know, what can we say to our friends and the people we love who don't know Jesus about, um, about that, right? About mm-hmm. good and evil in the spiritual, in the spiritual realm of human existence, right? Mm-hmm. I, my mind's going to everybody's becoming very familiar with drugs and alcoholism that hmm. they know it's ruining even their own family. That it's a pretty rare person that doesn't know somebody who's died from an overdose. Mm-hmm. And we're all bothered by it. It's not something we can just take or leave. It's no, this bothers me. Mm-hmm. And it, and if it's your family, like this, tomorrow night, we'll go to Bucaro Funeral Home and it'll be Lou and Anne-Marie and they're just torn up inside because Michael 
died from a drug overdose. Man, when it hits that close to your home, and then their circle of friends, of which I'm one, it hits you and you say, my gosh, we've got to really get serious and fight hmm. the spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. And part of it is, I'm glad to hear Chelsea and Daniel picking up the armor and just saying, part of it's fighting it in such a way you educate the youth as to what is really going on here. Mm-hmm. And and what what can we do beyond dare? Right, know? right. Because yeah. dare isn't working. You know, dare mm-hmm. is a failure. Mm. So what can we do? And as Christians, we've got something we can do. Mm. We can get down on our knees and start casting demons out of people, mm-hmm. even from afar. We can cast them out of ourselves. We can put on the full armor of God to resist effectively instead of just saying, well, I, I know it. I, I, I took a class in this. Mm-hmm. Well, that isn't enough. Mm-hmm. That's just not cutting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been slowly working through a book, um, You Are What You Love, um, by James K.A. Smith. Mm-hmm. And um, he's addressing that issue when it comes to discipleship. Like, discipleship is more than just that, like, having that head knowledge like human beings are more than just brains on a stick. That's yeah. what he yeah. describes it as. And it's like, yeah, this is true. There's there's so much a part of my life that is beyond just like my intellect, my logic, and relating that logic to God mm. and others. Yeah. There's so much more. And I think that's something that it's really easy. I think um, going back to the example that Mark um, brought up or from N.T. Wright, it's like secularism is really easy to just with like the enlightenment and all this like thinking and logic based stuff. It's really easy to pave that road of we're heads on a stick. Mm-hmm. But one thing that we see in in scripture and and anybody who's honest with themselves on how like life turns out and works. So we are far more than just heads on a stick and Bible addresses that. We we have access to the Holy Spirit. If anybody asks the Lord for the Holy Spirit, he says mm. it will be given to them. They will we can have the Holy Spirit. Mm. And the Holy Spirit lives in us. And that's more than just knowing that the Holy Spirit lives in us. It's yeah. living it out. And that's something that's honestly like it's like spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's great hope, great verses of hope, like greater is he mm. that is in you, meaning he, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Mm-hmm. So people who are fighting, which I think is honestly all of us, we're right. all addicted to something. It may yeah. not mm-hmm. be as, as powerful as, say, fentanyl, right. but it's something, and it's ruining our lives. Mm-hmm. And... We've just got to face up to it and confess it to another person and do the the nutritional work of taking in <laughs> power foods like the Word of God and mm-hmm. meditating. When we do all of these types of things, we, we see a change. Yeah. And the great thing is a lot of these people are walking around inside the church that mm. They used to be alcoholics. They used to be drug addicts, and they've been freed. And mm-hmm. we we need to really keep pointing to them and saying, "There's there's a picture of our hope in flesh and blood." Mm. You know, it's not just a yeah. a great thing that you read about. It's it, no, it's right here in front of us. Yeah, which is why I love Regen. Regen is a practical approach to dealing with besetting sins and having a great deal of support and using the scriptures, man, it's, I'm glad our church is doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Daniel, what are you looking up? Um, This was just, uh, Bill was talking about how there are people in our church who've experienced that. And that was, that reminded me of, um, Mark's sermon where he's like, part of it is like boasting Hmm. and learning how to boast 
in what the Holy Spirit has done in our lives. And like that, just like that connection is like, so that just came to mind of thinking how there are people who have experienced true and deep freedom yeah, and like, don't, don't hide away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it can be a pain. It is a painful story, but like it glorifies God so much by like being a testimony to what he does and being able to boast in that. And I think that like sets apart the church too, because like so many cultures, especially ours, like those like seemingly shameful, those shameful things that we do, like you don't want to bring that to light. Like mm-hmm. why would I share that with some stranger who I, or somebody I barely know and only see on us one day a week right. about that. But we were to boast in that because it glorifies God. Hmm. Hmm. Amen. Yeah. I've noticed too in our church that when people give a testimony of God freed me, there are so many people that take hope in that mm-hmm. because they are praying right now for a son or a daughter who's hooked on drugs or right. who's just got nothing but an uphill fight and they're self-medicating. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really amazing how many people come and ask me, how is Joel doing? Yeah. Mm. And then they just light up when I say, you know, he's been sober for over a year. Mm. He just bought this wonderful house because there's trust between he and his wife and they they just love that because it means mm-hmm. good there's hope for my kid mm-hmm. there's hope for my grandson there's hope for my brother um but yeah. daniel's right we we just don't brag about god enough mm. Amen. assemblies of god's good at it man something good <laughs> happens they're cheering everybody's got to know come up here and give a testimony in the moment our church is not like that. Um, we need more of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess my last question on the on the topic is, you know, Daniel, you, you mentioned this um, rising interest in in spirituality or like a, a need for it, right? A craving for it in, in in the younger generation. If we see that in people that we know, if we see that in people that we we care about, how can we support that? in a way that honors God um, without smothering it as well. Right. Mm. Or without, you know, uh, putting too much, <laughs> too much uh, gasoline to, to smother the fire. Right. Like, um, mm. you know, how can we point them towards the true good uh, mm. spirit, right? Uh, the Holy spirit. Yeah. Um, how can we encourage them and, and point them to that? Um, I think one of the most powerful ways of doing that, um, is pairing what the scripture says with what you have experienced. Hmm. I think that's like personalize it because there, it can be really easy to then just like, you don't want to smother it. You want to see that they have this longing for spiritual, a spiritual life. And you can say like, I am living this spiritual life that has so much fruit and richness. And my guess is if somebody starts to describe their life with the Holy Spirit, they will see that that is something a lot different than Mm. what all these other options have to give. Um, And then don't, don't hesitate to be like, yeah, my, my source is Jesus. Like my, my, my reasoning, my able to have this spiritual life, this closeness to the Holy Spirit is because of what Jesus has done. Mm. And that's the way, that's the way, the only way to that Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, And odds are, if somebody is deeply hungry for spiritual, spiritual life, you talking about Jesus isn't going to scare them away. Mm. Um, It's going to, you're, you're being honest with what God has done um, in your life. And then, you can ask them, how is, what fruit have you experienced in your spiritual life? Mm. And kind of like guide a conversation through showing them and like them realizing that, you know, they're 
might not be too much mm. that I get from this, this thing, this thing that I found on TikTok. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things that, you know, you reminded me of is, is being present, right? Is being committed and being loving and being present with them and, and saying like, oh, that's, you know, my temptation is often like, oh, that's great. Uh, here's something to read. Uh, I hope I see you in heaven. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'll see you, see you in a year and may, you'll sink or swim. And in a year, maybe you'll be a Christian and we'll be friends. Um, but I think, you know, evil will, the evil wants to be present with them. Um, and, and it wants, but it doesn't want to love them. It wants to abuse them. Um, and, uh, and so I think that the, the major difference, and, and this is part of who God is, is wanting to be present and wanting to, to share, um, in our feelings and in our thoughts and, and we share in his suffering and we share in his, uh, inheritance of life. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jesus is here. He came here, um, to reveal, uh, more fully himself to, yeah. to us. And, uh, and so like, I think being there and, and saying, you know, that's amazing. That's great. I'm right here with you. Like, you know, and, and like you said, I think genuinely sharing like, Hey, this is where I've seen, like, this is, you know, in terms of what you're looking for, in terms of what you're talking about, like, this is how it shows up in my life. And this is what I've done. And it, you know, I mean, like the Bible says like X, Y, and Z, which has been so true to me because of this. Like, I, I think that's, you know, I think that's absolutely right. Hmm. Bill. I don't know that I got anything I can add. <laughs> Because it was that off the mark. No, no. <laughs> uh, listeners, you look like you have something to say. Oh, how do you like my sweater? I. It's interesting. It's like hieroglyphs. It's like alpaca hieroglyphs. It is alpaca. Mm-hmm. I wear this sweater once a year I'm when honored. it's like zero out. It, because is it you warm? can practically roll around in the snow with this on. I mean, it is really warm. Wow. Yeah. It's made of alpaca. It's made of alpaca from Ecuador, from some mountain in out. And Ecuador bought it off some guy on the mountain. <laughs> I mean, this is an old sweater. This happened like in the early 90s when I got this. So I've had wow. it 30 years. Wow. It is still really, it's, it's so soft. It's so warm. It kind of makes having a zero degree day fun. You know? <laughs> All right, I get to wear my sweater. Bring it on. Yeah. Listeners, if you would like to be part of the show, you can send questions, would you rather, trivia quizzes and alpaca sweaters to podcast Ooh. at bloomingdalechurch.org for our closing segment this week. It is time for bets. Been a long Ooh. time since we had a bets sequence. Uh, the Bloomingdale Church app is getting a lot of attention as it launches on both the App Store and the Google Play Store. My friends, we have a two-part question. Part one, how many reviews and ratings? So a review is a written review. Like you say, I liked it because of this. A rating is just stars. Mm-hmm. So I should, be, I should clarify, technically, how many ratings will the app have this time next week on the App Store? Um, how many ratings? That's like how many do we have right now? I heard I eight. We're at eight. We're still at eight? We're at eight. All right. Um, and what will its average rating out of five stars be? And that is a decimal. So it's anywhere from 0.0 to 5.0. Could be 3.6. Could be 4.7. Whatever you want to say. Uh, ready? Yeah. Bill. All right. I guess we'll have 12 ratings and that they'll average 4.9 4.9 for bill daniel uh i'm gonna say we'll have 15 Ooh, and 4.75 4.75 so you heard it here first listeners whoever you want to win <laughs> <laughs> whoever you want to win hey, i hope we have 50 reviews <laughs> 100 ratings it's, it's, yeah. that's what i'd like the uh the uh, oh, I'm looking at my wrong piece of paper. Um, but I, actually, it is relevant. The Bloomingdale Church app is available in the App Store and the Google Play Store, uh, or by texting APP to 833-892-6207. Download it. Poke around on it. 
sign up for something and then give it five stars and uh, unless you see too many ratings and you don't want Daniel to win. Uh, that is all the time that we have this week. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Daniel. Thank, Thank you, Max. Max. Uh, it's technically Scott's turn this week. Um, so instead, can we all say together? Uh, can we all take us home together at the same time? <clears throat> you, you have, have been, been listening, listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast, brought to you from Bloomingdale, Illinois, the heart of the nation. We were building this part of the building, and all of a sudden, this gigantic, it actually helped us, this gigantic <laughs> blow-up rat right. appears. Yeah. And then there's like half a dozen union guys just sitting there next to the rat. Well, what it did was people took the site of the church. They say, hey, I never really noticed this church. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> so, so they helped us. Oh, man. Hey, if you ever get to go to see Mary Poppins in New York City, yeah. go. Mm. It turns you into a little kid. On Broadway? Oh, yeah, man. It was what is awesome. it like? The thing that I remember about it was Mary Poppins could do magic. It was just like, <laughs> how did she do that? We None of us had any clue how she was doing that stuff. It was so great. Wow. Yeah.